What's up, everybody? We are back for another edition, the final regular season pod of Champagne Room Hoops podcast brought to you by the good folks at New Amendment. Uh, As part of the Beyond the Big Ten podcast network, you can check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere you get your podcasts, and also on YouTube at Beyond Big Ten. Also, make sure to follow on all social media, Twitter, IG, TikTok, with the handle Beyond Big Ten. Again, I'm former Illini point guard Sam Maniscalco, joined by Illini legend Brandon Paul at BP3 and Mr. Versatility himself, Billy Cole at BuckwildBill33. Uh, thanks for tuning in once again. Billy, Brandon, what's good? What's going on? Hey, Bill, what, how did you get that nickname, BuckwildBill? What did Bill, what did Buck Wild Bill get into back in the day? That's a long, weird answer, but uh, I'll keep it short for the podcast. I used to, listeners, I used to be a ball boy for uh, Richwoods High School from like third grade to eighth grade. And I used to go in the locker room after big wins and it just like morphed. They, they started calling me Wild Bill and then, and then it just like morphed into them like messing with me. You know, you always got to mess with the little kid ball boys and then uh eventually from like third grade to eighth grade somehow throughout all the teams it morphed into buck wild bill and that was uh that was it it just stuck and then it actually shortened after that so then a lot of my buddies now call me buck they have so you they had of, you in there acting wild jumping around dancing on the locker yeah you know off. how you, you can you can get little kids to do anything <laughs> when they're in a locker room it's just like so, hey, go, uh, go hit coach's butt go hit go snap that towel on his butt or something <laughs> Locker room talk. Yeah, for sure. Brandon, you have anything besides BP3? Or that just like fit from day one? BP3 and just B Paul. Like everybody. The only people that call me Brandon is like my parents and like my grandma. Like some of my friends do, but it's usually BP or just B Paul. Were you were you three uh, in high school too? No, I was 23 in high school. Um, I started wearing three and I wore it before college, but that's like my main when I really started wearing number three. And I only wore numbers outside of three in my professional career when three wasn't available. But three was my go-to. Yeah, I remember when I transferred to U of I and like it was official when Jaren said hit me up and was like, hey, what number do you want, fam? And I'm like, I was five at Bradley and I was like, oh, I don't know if I want to ask because Darren was five at Illinois. <laughs> yeah, I was like, yeah. I'm about to ask for that number. They ain't going to give me that. So I just picked uh, zero because nobody else had been zero before. So. so It was either going to be zero Zero or 55. I should have won 55 so for Jason Williams. Oh, okay, okay. I hear that. But anyways, all right. So let's get into some X's and O's. So regular season is officially done. Illinois finishes 11-9, and nine, middle of the pack. Uh, I think tied for fifth um, in the Big Ten standings. A pretty jumbled up, um, you know, Big Ten season. Uh, so Underwood can claim, I think he's been top five finish uh, and every year he's been in Illinois. So... Um, just a long, grueling season. Um, I want to talk about, because we, we've had a, a boatload of pods trying to figure this team out. Um, I don't think we've done it yet. I don't think anybody has. I don't think they've done it yet. Um, but I want to talk about two things um, that you liked about this regular season or, or two things that you thought we did well or whatever you want to talk about with that. And then, and then two things that you you disliked and, and something that, that, you know, this season for whatever reason um, didn't suit your eye and, and something that maybe we need to work on or something we need to do heading into the postseason. So, Brandon, why don't you go ahead first? Um, I would say two things that I didn't like was the fact that um, we just kind of 
we're so talented and we, we the team works so hard. They've they've done so much to put themselves in the position that they're in now. And uh, obviously the work starts, you, you know, years prior when you start building the from the ground up from the from the from the new guys that got there. But the fact that we still didn't really have the best shot selection. I think consistently it put us in a in a bind throughout the season where, you know, certain certain areas down the stretch had we chosen a better shot or had we chosen to to extend our possession, it would have gave us a better chance to win. Um, and the next thing is um, final possessions. I talked about it the last podcast, and I might have talked about it in the previous one, the one before then. Last second shot, last, you know, shot clock's running down. Who's getting the shot? You know, they, they came out of, you know, we'll talk about the game, but they came out of a huddle last game, and they didn't really seem like they knew who was – getting the shot, what was going on. And we've seen it a few different possessions now. Um, you know, now now we, we're getting down to the Big Ten tournament, getting down to the NCAA tournament. They got to figure that out. Two things I really liked was how resilient the team was. No matter what was thrown at us, you know, players leaving, players getting injured, players getting caffeine poisoning, no matter what the case may be, they found a way to find a way, you know, and, and especially like last game. They lost the game, but I was really proud of how they played, how they battled throughout the whole 40 minutes plus. Um, and and the, the next thing I would say is um, I think these guys do enjoy playing with each other. I think they're hungry. And um, all the stuff that they've went through throughout the year, now we got to see, we get to see them put it on the line now. Now we got the Big Ten tournament. Now we got March Madness coming up. So we're excited about it. Yeah, mine are going to sound really similar as well. I think my biggest positive from the year, and you've, you guys have heard me say this all year, but the freshman class, right? I think for me, it was, it's, you know, Brad has been a great recruiter since he's been here, but this really puts the cherry on top for me. I think just a cornerstone team that almost makes me wonder if, you know, with some of the struggles, like we talked about him and Matt Meyer not seeing eye to eye, it almost makes me wonder if he will continue to stack big classes and maybe slightly veer away from the transfer portal that uh you know this team has looked a little disjointed and and just constantly redefining roles all season it looks like we've talked about that a lot so it makes me wonder right like if he just looks at this class and what they've morphed into and what they're going to be and he just says i'm going to stack four of these in a row and then i'm going to be very selective with one or two pieces from the portal um that wouldn't shock me at all and and i have that as a huge bonus just the fact, again, that the program's in such good hands with with someone in the staff, you know, Chester and Coach Anderson, that can continue to go out and, and bring in talent that's ready right right away, right? So that's that's number one for me. Uh, number two is the, the toughness and the grit. We saw it on display again. I mean, kudos to Sam because he even called it at the end of last week's episode where he was like, I'm just really so frightened stuff. with, the, yeah, the way we're going to come out and play against. This is that type of game. It's on Fox. It's a uh, early afternoon weekend game, and sure enough, you know, eight zero timeout, eleven zero before we finally get our first basket. Uh, but then all of a sudden, we get down twenty with like eighteen minutes left, and I mean, twenty against the now their number five team in the country on the road at probably the toughest place to play in the Big Ten, and it's tied with one minute left. That just doesn't happen, right? That's 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 toughness, that's grit, that's like never say die attitude. I don't think every coach in the world is capable of producing that. Um, mm -hmm. And I think we have, I think we have it in spades, uh, but that kind of leads into my negatives. Right. So 
intelligence i would call like what brandon said is like shot selection and intelligence all that kind of morphed into taking care of the basketball i think you know terrence shannon had like what six turnovers, four in the first half and it just killed us like that start killed us i just don't think we play and again this isn't a shot at their intelligence off the basketball floor i just don't think we collectively play very smart enough to win games we're kind of like heavy metal basketball right we just like (laughs) so talented we're just gonna rock out and try and blow your eardrums out but we don't know when to take we don't know when to take our foot off the pedal and win a game Mm. and i think that to me is maybe the biggest negative of this team and and it's again anything could happen moving into tournament season we have the talent but eventually you know it just scares me that the old ball handling um turnovers and shot selection is going to rear its head in one of these games and we're going to be out to a team we shouldn't be out to. Yeah, Bill, you stole a little bit of my thunder there. One of my likes was definitely the emergence of the freshmen. So that this freshman class has, has been awesome. And I, I think the Big Ten uh, words came out today. I was surprised that Epps wasn't on a, a newcomer team. I know there's a lot of good picks on there, but um, that surprised me. Um, the other thing I liked about this team, or maybe I should say the potential of this team, is I love their versatility. Um especially Coleman Hawkins, uh, which I think he's really showed out, you know, the last few weeks as far as, you know, his his total repertoire on the offensive and defensive end. Um, but the versatility of this team, multiple different lineups you can play. We've seen Underwood go big and, and ride Dane Danger out for the majority of, of some games in the middle of the Big Ten season when he had to. And we've also seen him go small and with Coleman Hawkins at the five and um, sometimes even smaller than that. And... Um, but with Ty Rogers and RJ Melendez, these guys are such versatile players. Um, I, I really like the versatility of our team and, and what it could present matchup wise mm-hmm. um, for opposing teams. As far as the things I did not like, um, Bill, you touched on it. The shaky starts, right? Coming out flat often. Um, I think out of our last six games, I think we might have been trailing at halftime, maybe five out of the six or the last six games, which. Um, doesn't bode well. Now that can tie into the other half of it is we usually come back in the second half. <laughs> so like the resiliency, resiliency, right? Like Brandon said, yeah. um, I just, I don't know that having that almost insurmountable, insurmountable uphill battle in the second half at some point is going to come back to bite us. Um, and I'm hoping that, that Brad and the staff has painted a picture about how, listen, it's, it's March now and, and you can't have these flat starts because it's basically winter go home. Right. Um, and then the other thing I didn't like is a theme we talked about all season and something I harped on, um, is the, the no defined identity. Um, usually midway through a season, three quarters of the way through the season, you, you kind of know what kind of team you are, whether you hang your hat on the defensive end, whether you, you know, have quick hitters and you're a, a scoring or a transition team that really, you know, mucks things up. And I think we've shown, I think we've shown many hats in spurts, right? We've Mm -hmm. shown that we can be a gritty defensive team when we need to be. We've also shown that we can wreak havoc full court defensively and get a new transition game and get up and down, which is when I think we're at our best. And and Bill, you've mentioned that a lot. Uh, We've also shown in games that we can grind out half court battles. Um, So, But the fact that we can't point to one thing and all agree on this is this team's identity, this is a thing where eight minutes left in the game, we really got to hang our hat on and, and go win a game. Um, I don't like that. I don't like that feeling. Um, so a lot of questions unanswered, but at the same time, um, 
like you said, Brandon, a, a very talented team that we talked about this beginning of the Big Ten season. Like, this team is built for March, right? Mm. Underwood said it multiple times. This team is built for March. He said it the other day in his presser after Purdue and said, I wouldn't want to play us. Well, yeah, no shit. Um, you're the coach of the team, so you're supposed to say that. But I agree with the sentiment of, of we're very scary um, as far as our, our potential and our versatility. So with that being said, um, let's move into a, a little bit of scouting report and, and preview uh, what's coming up at the Big Ten Tournament this weekend. So when you talk about a college basketball season, right, you guys know this. The three things at the beginning of the season, one of the things the staff talks about is it's basically three seasons in one, right? You have your preseason slate, you know, your 8-12 to 12 non-conference games, um, your holiday tournaments and stuff before you get into the conference season. That's kind of one season in itself. Mm-hmm. Um, the next part of the season is the long, grueling conference season, right, which is what they just went through. Um, in the Big Ten, which is now 20 games. so, And then you get into the postseason, right? Um, that's the third and final chapter uh, of a college basketball season. Um, and, and one thing I want to mention is, and you guys have been through it before, after the conference season, like, it's almost like it's 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 such a fresh start, right? It almost feels like it's a new season. It's a chance to regroup. It's a chance to exhale a little bit i mean at this point for these guys some of them are probably sick of their teammates some of them are probably sick of practice a lot of them are probably sick of hearing underwood talk and harp on the things over and over again and the rest of the staff um it's a chance to exhale get these guys going back together and then one common goal of being successful and making a run in march so um that's where i think they're at um from a team standpoint as far as matchups go Penn State. So we ended up getting the seventh seed. We play Penn State. Um, Which is who I didn't who, want to see, low-key. Yeah, so um, we got spanked by him twice in the regular season, right? So they say all the time, the old adage is, oh, it's hard to beat a team three times in one season, right? Um, mm-hmm. However, uh, Jalen Pickett, first-team All-Big Ten, um, has pretty much had his way with us and dominated us. So let's talk a little bit about this Penn State game coming up on Thursday. Like you said, 41 and eight assists against us in the last meeting. Um, just literally did whatever he wanted against multiple defenders. We tried to throw everyone at him. No one had an answer. What does give me a little, uh, makes me feel a little better is we did double Zach Eady and kept him below his single, uh, or his scoring average last game against Purdue. We, we doubled a little bit the game before that. So maybe. We're starting to learn a little bit that you can't just let these, like Brandon called it, I love that analogy, the head of the snakes, these these teams that just have one player that everyone flows through. We can't just let them get in a rhythm. So that's what I'll be watching for early is like, who is Brad? Who is the very first person they put on him? Um, is it going to be Sincere Harris? Is it going to be, you know, with his energy, is he going to start? I don't like the fact that he started RJ Melendez last game with Epps out. I think... Melendez is an energy player, right? He's the type of guy you put in at the first TV timeout when when the when Purdue's exhausted, right? He started, and not that he's a bad player or anything. I just don't think I think he's like a you know a Ginobili off the bench. Like use him, play him to his strengths, and start someone like Ty Rogers or Sincere Harris on on Epps. I think those players are more they're going to morph into your starters sooner rather than later, right? So 
that first, we talked about it so much on this podcast, but that first two minutes, I'm looking to see who's guarding, um, who's guarding Pickett. And mm-hmm. then they, we've talked about him a lot on this pod as well. Danger. What is going on with him? Right? Like he's real, he's had that great stretch in early February. And then all of a sudden he's basically fell off the face of the earth. You know, he had a good start and then really didn't play, um, against Michigan in the second half. So I don't know him and Brad obviously aren't seeing eye to eye with some things. Um, but I really think if we're going to do this in the, in the postseason, he's got to have a big game against mm. Penn state where they don't really, they're a small team, right? They are, they're very small. They really don't have a center. Uh, they put in this, you know, that one white guy that just tries to like body bang all the, but he's like six, five, he's like a, he's like a six, five center. So the, I, I don't know. I harp on him a lot of him being a key to us, but I really think out of all the games that this is the one where yeah. we need to go inside early get the ball and then final thing we shot 20 25 from three against penn state in the last meeting horrible shots we need to like sam said this is a new season right who cares what we shot i know we finished 350th in the country in three-point percentage but this is a new season this is march go ahead and and get get hot it's it's contagious right so we hit a few Mm -hmm. threes we can get hot and we can win this tournament I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to piggyback off of three of the points you made, Bill, because they were good points. First one being um, we did double ED, and we did a good job doing that. I think he had eight in the first half and then five going into the last few minutes going into the, the second half um, as a breakdown. And it's good to see how we've kind of adjusted to the rotations off of a trap, but you're, you're trapping a center. You're trapping a big body center. It's harder to trap a guy who's got the ball in his hands, you know, a majority of the game, That's which is what, what we're going to see against uh, Penn State. So it'll be interesting to see what how we're going to deal with that to go into your second point, who's going to guard him, who's coming off the bench, who's starting. I agree. Maybe Melendez shouldn't start, but I think Sincere Harris is a perfect six-man guy off the bench, perfect energy guy to come in and bring the sparks. Maybe someone's in foul trouble. Maybe someone needs a breather. You come in, and there's not really much of a uh, drop-off as far as your energy is concerned, maybe a little bit offensively, but he's not in there for offense. So uh, I do like him coming off the bench. I do like a matchup of Ty Rogers on him, mixing it up with Ty, a little bit of Shannon. Uh, and then you got to throw Melendez in there, too. You got you to gotta give him different looks because he's, he's that talented of a player. And Ty is probably going to be our best bet. But, you know, you know, he's still figuring out he's he's I think he's such a good defender and he's not going to get the respects that he probably deserves from the refs because he's a freshman. So he'll pick up little ticky tack fouls just from being maybe a little bit overly aggressive, which it's not his fault. He's playing the game the way he knows how to play the game. And as he gets a little bit more experience, he'll get a little bit more respect as well. And the last point was, um, uh, I don't know, I, I can't, I don't really remember the well, last see, point. So what's your thought on um, Purdue really ate us up without having a ball handler on the floor? Mm-hmm. You know, Terrence Shannon turned it over like the first two yeah. possessions of the game. Trying, yeah, absolutely. And then they went to Coleman, they went to Coleman Hawkins and he basically brought it up the rest of the game. Mm-hmm. Like, so that's the only reason I say maybe since Harris, I agree with you. Yeah. He's also an energy player, but I just wonder like if other teams are going to scout that when Epps mm-hmm. is out. And, and I don't know, I'm, I always hated like when I had to help bring the ball up the floor, just because you're, it's not, you're not ever like yeah. when you were asked and to do the it. Ball? In, the, the confidence well, like, in a lot of like, guys is not there. Yeah. Like the Missouri game and like the Dayton game, the teams that press, if you're not used to it, it changes your whole game. And, it, and I thought Terrence Shannon really played bad against Purdue because maybe he had to bring the ball up the floor the first couple of games. It just, it mentally frazzles you. Right. 
And so I'm wondering, like, do we need to fix that just by putting Harris in the starting lineup? Just to someone that Take is used to handling off, the ball. Right. Right. Is, is, have we heard anything on Jaden? I haven't heard anything about I haven't heard really his availability and whatnot. Um, I haven't either. I'm yeah. wondering, though, if hopefully he'll be back so that we, if he is back for the tournament, it's not like his first game back right. and he goes through he goes through that warm, warming up process. I mean, look, yeah, let's I mean, be honest. Outside of Jaden, I mean, even Sincere in there, there's still we still have questionable ball handling. So it's not like much has changed. If Jaden's off the floor, right, right. you know, if you're getting pressed, you kind of just got to hope to move the ball, get the ball into Coleman Hawkins because no one's really going to yeah. bother him up top and get the ball to maybe uh, Ty Rogers is starting to get take some of that pressure off the point guards because he's, he's not a ball handler, but he's solid and he knows how to change, uh, change directions and, he's, and he's, he's making the right plays as of late. Yeah, I don't think it's a bad thing too, and I think we've done this a lot the last few games. I mean, Coleman Hawkins has has grown tremendously. I mean, he's he's become a elite decision maker and playmaker for us. I mean, he is. I think he averages the most assists on the team, um, to mm-hmm. be honest. So that he could be a pressure release and a guy we kind of play through. But as far as the Penn State game goes, um, my gut tells me we beat them um, because of the fact that we've taken our medicine from them twice now. Mm-hmm. Um, like shame on us if it happens three times in a row, right? Um, but as, as far as what I want to see, like, don't let this dude. I mean, he's great, Jalen Pickett. He's got kind of like that old man game, right? He's really tough to guard because he backs you in, he takes advantage of smaller defenders, and he picks you apart. They got shooters everywhere, right? Mm-hmm. So switch something up. I don't care if he's if the first five guys that individually are matched up on him that he 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 burns them and he roasts them, whatever. Like switch something up. Send a double at him. Make other the the thing I want to see is if they beat us, let it be that it. he picked us apart. You know, with assisting the ball, moving the ball around, whatever. Somebody else on the team, the others beat us. Don't let this dude completely control the tempo of the game, because mm-hmm. um, he's that good and he can do that, and he's got a, such he a feel for that. Both. And here's the other thing: Penn State, right? Penn State is. Penn State is ultra confident right now. I don't know if you saw their their last second, you know, overtime win versus Northwestern, which was a huge game, and then they go to they they go beat Maryland on a last second shot tip in. Um, so their confidence is high, and their confidence is high when they see you know Illinois too. So um, I, I want to say my my gut tells me we beat this team, but because of the way this season has gone, like watch us come out and lay an egg, and I, I wouldn't be surprised either. But um, I think we beat them, and then. What I think is awesome is um, the fact that if we beat them on Friday night, we get to play Northwestern um, in the quarters. Um, Northwestern got a two seed. Um, Mm. Shout out to, I know it's an Illinois podcast, but shout out to Chris Collins for that. I did an unbelievable job this year with with them. But um, I just think that would be an awesome environment in Chicago. You know, you hear all this stuff about Illinois or Chicago's Big Ten team. Northwestern's highest finish in the Big Ten. Huh? When's the last time Illinois and Northwestern faced each other in the Big Ten? I don't, I don't I know. That's a very good question. Ten tournament. Um, but that would be an awesome matchup on Friday night. That's, I mean, that would that would be really cool to see. Yeah, that'd be cool. I agree. Shout out to yeah, like you said, Coach Collins. I think he's just great for the Big Ten. To be honest, you know, he's got that Duke background, and then he comes in and. You know, I kind of grew up with Carmody, where they tried to win with you know kind of junk offenses and defenses, and now they, you know, he's kind of turned that program into being more respectable right they win on their own merit they win like a real team wins so like you said i know we're an illinois basketball podcast but i think you you know 
give credit where it's due and uh, recognize mm-hmm. when when someone does well. And I think, you know, I think him and uh, Jawan Howard and Fran McCaffrey really stuck out to me this year. It's just like they might not have they've got young teams, right? They they've had talent that's left in the last couple of years, and they just they reload. And the, and the Big Ten is so deep. And uh, when you have 14 teams that are this good, and really there's only one team that you really expect, you kind of walk into the gym expecting to win, and that's Minnesota, right? And at the same time, you like, I think about it when we had 10 teams in the Big Ten, and Northwestern was like an absolute gimme. So you really only had nine teams you had to, you had to go after. And just like, you look at the records and how could we have this many teams bunched up at like 10 and eight? It's crazy. Yeah. And, and like the, the fact we didn't know the seating until like the last, last week before the tournament is, is also, this is just a bizarre season. It'll be cool to see. Um, I know on the bracketology stuff, we've got a, we'll, we'll have a bunch of big 10 teams lumped in whatever region we go to just because mm-hmm. there's so many getting in. So really cool storylines with the big 10 this year. It'll be interesting to see one, like you said, Sam, if we can get through Penn State, which is a big if in my mind, I don't think we match up well with them. We have the in-state rival next, possibly, and then anything could happen. Yeah, we've got our work cut out for us. Yeah, I think, you know, you, you see it all the time on Twitter, too, and especially all the all the um, media people that, that cover Illinois. From literally the start of the season, um, you've talked about this team is built for March, right? Built for March. Um, and they are with their talent, but it's tough to say that when, I mean, I just don't think we're the most confident team right now. I don't think we've lost confidence. I don't think these players individually have lost confidence. Um, I think, I really do think they can beat anybody in the country, which is, which is a good thing. Um, I just, I don't see them play for 40 minutes that way. Like they can beat that. It's almost like, put it this way. It's almost like, and we've been through this before. I feel like they feel they can flip a switch. Right. And and they might be able to. We haven't seen it yet. Maybe they're maybe they're just they, they were so worn out and they were just coasting. They got older players who have been through it before that whatever. They're just waiting to flip this switch here in March. Yeah. And maybe we see that. I don't know. I mean it's possible. They have the talent to do it. Um, but maybe maybe that's what they're waiting to do. Yeah. I think they'll do it. I think they'll do it, man. Like you said, Sammy, we owe Penn State one. We get that one. We go see Northwestern in the next round and Shout out to Ernest with the little tidbit. They're three and zero against Northwestern in their meetups in the Big Ten tournament. So, knock on wood, keep that streak going, and we'll see how it goes. All right, let's transition into one of our favorite segments. Um, last one of the regular season. Word on campus. Mm-hmm. So we're going to tie this into what's coming up this weekend. Um, I'll let you two go here too. I've only played in one Big Ten tournament, um, and it was in Indianapolis. Uh, being you know from Chicago, I kind of wish it was in Chicago, but I only played in one um, Big Ten uh, tournament game versus Iowa, and we got smacked. So there's not much to talk about there. Uh, so I'll let you guys talk about your favorite um, you know stories or memories of of playing in this this awesome tournament. Yeah. Um really fond memories of this tournament i think we played all four years at indianapolis which is for me that's an awesome basketball arena at uh canseco Fieldhouse. i think it's called banker's life now maybe uh but i just loved i loved that arena i loved playing there my my fondest memory or not fondest but the memory that sticks out to me the most my junior year we were like on the bubble we actually had a decent big 10 schedule we uh we started four and oh 
And then we had a five-win run in the middle of there where we beat Michigan State on college game day. It was a top five team. We went, we went to Wisconsin the next game uh, right after that and beat Wisconsin at Wisconsin. It was like the first time in 81 games or something Bo Ryan had lost at home to a unranked Big Ten team. So that was a big win. And then all of a sudden we're like, I remember, I remember like after that Wisconsin game, we were talking. Dimitri had a, a quote where he was like, "We're ready to." We were like one one game behind first place to win the conference, and then all of a sudden we got Ohio State beat the hell out of us at home, and then we were back into like the bubble talk. So we go to the Big Ten tournament. We have a game against uh, Ohio State. I don't know for anyone that remembers this. In 2010, we play Evan Turner. Ohio State was a top five team. Mm-hmm. And we're playing for our lives. So this is the Big Ten semifinals. And we went into double overtime, which uh, I think to this day, I know at the time it was the only double overtime game in Big Ten tournament history. Yeah, And uh, it was just an absolute war. Dimitri was going off. Evan was going off. Uh, Buford for Ohio State, who was uh, just a silent killer that no one ever talks about. And I'm guarding John Diebler, who's like, you have to be <sighs> as locked in as – any player you've ever guarded yeah. because he will shoot he will shoot from the half court line and i just think that was uh that was a there was a point where we were up 10 with like 10 minutes left ohio state went on a 20 to nothing run at some point and went up 10 and then we came back and tied the game in regulation and then it went to double overtime and uh so that's my that's my big 10 tournament story just a i think i played my career high minutes that game i was ex- i just remember feeling exhausted which is maybe why um, you know, I'm so cognizant. Last episode, I said I don't care if they win a Big Ten game because I just want them to be, I want them to be 100% for the real deal. Like we've been saying, they're built for March. Well, let's see it and let's not have any excuses. But that game wore the hell out of me. And then we, so side note, Minnesota's on the other side of the bracket. They finished one game behind us, I think in fifth place. They end up going to the championship game against Ohio State. They get into the tournament. And mm-hmm. we're the first team out and have to be the one seed in the NIT. Um, and so it's just like there's a whole lot of drama and storylines, but that's what the Big Ten tournament's all about. It's really interesting to see who's going to get in and who's who's going to be left out, um, you know, with some of those bottom teams in the Big Ten this year. Yeah, I mean, another incentive for Penn State is I think if they beat if they beat us Thursday, they're probably locked there because I think we're, they're one of the last four in right now, the last I saw, or they're, they're floating on the bubble for sure. Hmm. Um so they beat us. They're probably that probably locks them in. Mm-hmm. So they got a lot to play for. We gotta yeah. We gotta be ready to take their first shot. Um, what I th- what I think about when I think about the Big Ten tournament is uh, well, first of all, um, was watching Evan Turner in 2010 hit that shot against Michigan uh, at the buzzer. That was, I mean, he took like maybe one or two dribbles past half court, pulled up. And they just ran straight to the locker room after that. Um, and then, of course, you go back to mine, uh, my shot, my senior year against Minnesota, winding down Gus Johnson on the radio call. Um, a lot of fun, a lot of memories. I just remember, like, after that shot, I saw that video so many times. I, I personally never, like, went to go watch it. I just saw it so many times from people sending it to me, people tweeting it to me, people posting it uh, over the next several years. Uh, so that was that was the first game winner of my career. You know, my you know I'm sure I had some maybe back when I was in like grade school, or whatever. But as far as my college career, my high school career, that's like one of my first game winners uh, that I had up there, and you know that was that was an exciting se- season for us. 
ended up making it to the tournament, making it to the second round, um, losing to a tough Miami team. But yeah, the Big Ten tournament, the atmosphere, the pe- the fans that come out, you know, just just the it's just the basketball mecca. And you know, people, you look in the crowd at the Big Ten tournament and you see the different colors represented throughout the arena, and it's just it's just a lot of fun to to, to witness that. And I got a chance to go and watch um, one of my first Illinois games to watch as a as a graduate was at the Big Ten tournament in Indianapolis. I think it was maybe 2014 or 15. I had a chance. Uh, I think I was. I had just recently had a shoulder surgery, so I had a chance to go and watch them play, and, uh, and I drove down and, and watched them. Um, but it's always a good time. Uh, March is always fun for basketball, you know? Yeah, for sure. Hell, I just thought of a story you guys will get a kick out. I'll make it, I'll make it quick. So my freshman year, we were we were horrible. We were the worst team in the Big Ten. My sophomore and senior year went to the tournament. My junior year, I just told the story. We were first first four out and, and number one seed in the NIT. But my freshman year, we were god awful, and mm-hmm. we were eleven seed out of eleven Big Ten teams. And we go to the Big Ten tournament. We have to play in the first two games, and we like we win those games. I don't even remember who they're who who we're playing. We win like the game the earliest game no one cares about. And then we win the second game. All of a sudden we, we go to the semifinals and we win that. Right. So we're like 16 and 18 at this point. And we're playing now all of a sudden we wake up the final day Sunday and we're like, Oh fuck, we can go to the tournament tomorrow. Like we're, we're playing, we're playing Wisconsin with like this amazing Bo Ryan team with like Joe Krabenhoff and uh, Brian Butch in the championship game. And I'll never forget this is like, we were on the, we were on the bench and this is probably why we were horrible because there was like just a total lack of leadership. And I remember people talking about like, they were like, fuck, I got to cancel this flight. I I might have to cancel this. Like dudes had, we were so bad. People had flights to Florida book for like the next, the next day. And um, we ended up playing it. Yeah. We ended up playing a tough game against Wisconsin and ended up losing. I think we just ran out of steam. And uh, that was the first year of the CBI. Right. And, I remember like no one really knew what was going on with that tournament and they came in and they were like, well, you have to have a winning winning record to go to the NIT. You guys just missed out on that. So, but they did, we did, we did catch an offer to the CBI and uh, we're going to, we're going to leave it up, you know, to you guys if, uh, or to the seniors, if you guys want to play in the CBI for the first year, they were like, they took like two seconds and we're like, no man we're good we're good on that and so the season ended and no one had to cancel their flights yeah so i think that was the right decision not to play in the cbi illinois but uh yeah so i'll never forget going in as the 11 seed in the big 10 tournament and then having a chance to go to the ncaa tournament as your record was 16 and 19 that's a pretty good uh run there yeah uh what about prediction so i think we win both so I think we beat Penn State, and then we go and we beat Northwestern, I think we get to the semis. That's my prediction. I think we get to at least the semis in this tournament. I mean, we could we could win the whole thing. We're, we're definitely one of the few teams that's talented enough to do that and has the pieces to go on a four-game run and win four in mm-hmm. a row. Um, but my prediction is we beat Penn State. We owe them one. I think we play well. And then I think that Northwestern rivalry game, um, even though we beat them at home with that big comeback, um, I think we spoil their their Big Ten tournament, and I think we beat them and get to the semis. Who we play there, I don't know. I looked at the bracket, but there's too much that can go on. But I think we win the first two. Sure, I agree with that. I can see that happening. For yeah, 
I think it all. I I hate this Penn State matchup. If I'm being honest, uh, come on, make a prediction, bro. I do. Well, here's my prediction: If we beat Penn State, we'll go to the championship game. <laughs> uh, but I'm I'm very unsure. I'm very fifty fifty about the Penn State. I just they're gonna have to prove it to me one more time that they can, like you said, Sam. Please, I don't care if you deny him the ball ninety four feet. Make someone else beat you. If uh, if their shooters have 50 points combined on threes and we lose it's like whatever right but just like it's like you said fool me you know fool me once shame on you fool me twice shame on me like just do not let him beat us make someone else beat you and then if we do that i think we match up better against northwestern in that second game um and then i think indiana's on our side of the bracket as well so there's a rivalry game that we'll be up for we owe them one i I feel good about our chances there so there's my prediction if we beat penn state we'll go to the we'll go to the big 10 championship game yeah, I know you say you don't care if um, – I mean, I, I get your point as far as, like, if we don't win a game, totally fine, you know, because it's such a yeah. long, grueling tournament. But if, if we if we get knocked out first round versus Penn State, I don't, I don't think that's good for confidence moving forward. Plus seeding, I think right now we're, we're kind of in that, like, seven and nine spot right now. And, Bill, you've talked about it the last three weeks. Um, that eight-nine slot that's is probably, yeah. not a good place to be. Um, I You'd think if we do win two or three – three games in this tournament i think we can move up to you know in that five six sevens you know range which i think uh could be better for us but um i I don't think losing to penn state does us any favors whatsoever Mm -mm. no i agree i was probably being a uh you know a little a little too much hyperbole when i said i don't care if we lose the first game but i don't care if we don't right win the champ the big 10 champion the tournament championship Yeah. yeah um and so, like you said, obviously avoiding the 8-9 game is, like, crucial. Even if we're the 10 seed, you know, if we were to lose or something, that's – give me the 7 seed in the other side of the bracket uh, m- rather than having to play, like, a, you know, like an Alabama second game or something – or, a, you know, some some just absolute hmm. – some team that's going to come out and just barn burn us down. <clears throat> I think we can play with anyone. That's the crazy part is I don't even know what to expect. And the only – thing we've done consistently all season is be inconsistent right and so like you said i hope underwood knows this team better than everyone else and i hope we are built for march and i think we are right we're we're a tough team to play on two days notice um so i think penn state will be our toughest game because they'll be able to prep for us a little bit but then when you start getting into tournament time and you have like less than 24 hours where you're doing walkthrough in a hotel ballroom with a, a, a lane that's made out of tape on the floor I think I think we become a, a much tougher team to guard. Yeah, I want to shift gears here a little bit because we haven't talked about this a ton all season. We've we've kind of mentioned it a little bit, but who um, who on this team who's a pro? Brandon, you can start. I mean, who who's got who, who's going to get to the league and stick in the league? Are we talking about? So we're just talking about NBA. We're not just talking about in general, like professional. Yeah, no, no. There's a lot of pros on the team. I'm talking about like who's getting getting drafted and who's who's getting on NBA roster and. Um. Man, this is hard. Obviously, Terrence and uh, I think just as far as if I'm looking from an NBA scouts mindset, Terrence Shannon's gonna. He's he's already put himself in a position to give himself a chance. You know, he's just and about his game. He's really like he's. I'm a fan of his game, right? He's he goes downhill and he's he's he a, he's a problem. 
he needs more space, but he's really not that skilled. You know what I mean? I like he doesn't really have a skill set where it sets him apart at the next level. So whatever he does, he's got to polish his game because he can't do what he's doing now at the next level. Mm-hmm. It's just not going to cut it. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but he, he has a chance just from his ability to put the ball in the basket and his ability to guard multiple positions. And um, I think Ty Rogers is, is another guy where I, I truly believe he's probably one of the best NBA prospects just because he's young and he's, he's a guy that fills multiple voids on the floor. And he's a guy that doesn't really care about doing anything but the the little things, the dirty things, the teams that you can't wait to find this guy to add to your roster, right? He does, he doesn't it doesn't matter. He might want to play more. He might want more opportunity to hear there, but you'll never know it from him because he's a professional. He carries himself as a professional. Matt Meyer, um, his 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 game is so interesting to me as far as the NBA is concerned. Um, He's he's put himself in a good position because his his level of defending. Uh, I'm just trying to see what position he could play at the next level. What position is he in the NBA? Um, and I'm I'm still I'm I'm not entirely sold on that as far as who you're gonna match him up against. You know, yeah, right. but he's 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 skilled. You know, he's definitely got a chance. Dane Danger, I think he's a pro. I I so regarding Terrence Shannon. Um, I just don't see how he translates. I mean, I see athletically in his body and stuff. Um, he just, like, a guy that's that size and, like you said, doesn't have the quote-unquote greatest skill set, you have to do something great, right? You got to shoot 45 from three or you got to be a knockdown shooter or you got to be, you know, live in the paint and be ridiculously athletic or something or have a mid-range game, whatever. Um, I don't think he handles it well enough for his size at the next level. Um and I don't think he shoots it well enough. Um, I think he'll for sure. I mean, he might be a second round pick. He'll get. He'll he'll do well in workouts and stuff. Um, I just I just don't. Plus, he's a little older, right? He's not mm-hmm. a sophomore. He's not eighteen or nineteen years old. Right. He's probably twenty two, twenty three years old. So, um, I, I do think Coleman Hawkins is my biggest pro prospect on this team because I don't know how of his that's out of my mind. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm glad you didn't talk mind. about it because I want to talk about it. Yeah, go ahead. I'm so that's um, it for you. Yeah, I just, I, I mean, I think his size, his athleticism, yeah. I mean, he's 6'10", 6'11". He's got a beautiful jump shot. I know I've talked about it all year. One um, through five. He just, yeah, he just screams potential. He screams that he can switch on the smaller guys and stay in front. He screams that he can get out in transition. He's kind of like a point forward, can make decisions. He leads the team in assists. He's got great feel for the game. Um, and with the with the new NBA now, with, not, with your traditional back-to-the-basket guys gone, I just think he plugs in so well at that level. Um, and here's the other thing. He's like barely even scratched the surface of his potential. It's like, it's so evident. Um, and he's another guy. I think that the NBA game suits him so much better than college, right? Yeah. There's so much more space A out lot there. More spacing, exactly. Yeah. I mean, it just, it suits his game. Um, as far as Meyer goes early on in the year, I was like, what this dude ain't a pro. Um, I didn't realize he's six, nine, um, which is, is a positive. Um, I, I, I think if he shot it better, I mean, I think he's a good shooter. I don't think he's a knockdown guy. He's not like a John Diebler type where like when he shoots it, like it's going in. Um, what has surprised me about him is I didn't know he can put it on the deck that well. I mean, he's mm. he can get in the lane. Now, I'm not saying he could do it at the next level, but um, I he's thought he crafting. was kind of like, he's yeah, he is, crafting. right. He's actually, I mean, he's pretty skilled with the ball on his hands. Um, and I didn't, I didn't know that. I thought he was more of a, a spot up 
you know, catch and shoot guy and maybe one or two dribbles straight line to the basket and stuff. But um, he's pretty crafty, pretty skilled. So I, I think, um, and, and he's high IQ, right? Um, which you want guys at the next level. Like Brandon, like you said, though, I, I think where he struggles is who does he match up with defensively at, at the next level? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think he gets looks and he gets opportunities because of um, his skill set um, and his experience and stuff like that. So uh, the younger guys, I'm, I'm not obviously ready to talk about that but i just think coleman hawkins he intrigues the hell out of me if i'm a pro scout absolutely he's he's definitely put himself in a position to, to have a chance and he's and he's gonna get one for sure all right I'll so that wraps quick. go ahead Brent. oh Bill. man you're not gonna let me throw my picks out there i got some, some <laughs> fire hot takes there i am first of all i'll make it real quick i am gonna put my hat in the ring where you won't go i'm gonna say ty rogers is a pro Jaden Epps is a pro and Coleman Hawkins is a pro. The two that I am like most 50-50 on is actually the two super seniors, uh, Matt Meyer and Terrence Shannon. I think to me, and this isn't hate or anything, I hope they turn pro. To me, they're they're more like the guy that's making a million dollars at Real Madrid than they are, you know, playing for the the Bulls. That's just that's just me looking at their game, like you said. They both have great um natural ability and but I just don't see I just like you said, Sam. Your point was really well spoken about. You almost have to be a specialist if you're not the guy in the NBA. Right. And I just—they're both like jack of all trades. They do a lot of things really well. They're both really athletic, but I just don't see—I just don't see it translating for like a long career in the NBA. But I hope I'm wrong. Yeah, I mean that million in Madrid is about two plus in the league, so it won't be doing too bad. Hell yeah, <laughs> it's better than my England deal. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right well that that wraps up the regular season um that that was fun this was our our for all three of us i think you know our first time doing this and kind of throwing it all out there and not knowing what to expect and um uh, i've enjoyed the hell out of it um i think we've we've it's also given us an opportunity you know to be honest i i followed college basketball in illinois but not probably as much as i have this year um i I think it's a cool thing that it, it makes us pay attention and follow the team and we're so much more in tune in the ins and outs and with Big Ten basketball and stuff, and it's it's been a uh, a fun little ride. So um, although it's the end of the regular season on, on the Champagne Room Hoops podcast, um, we do have some stuff coming up uh, this Friday, um, March uh, 10th at, in Chicago. We're doing a live pod at Over Under uh, Bar in Lincoln Park in Halstead and Diversity. Um, it's going to be a pretty cool event. Um, all the pods from beyond the big 10 will be represented. So each school is going to have, um, their pod host, uh, up doing a, doing a live bit. Um, and also it's, it's right in line with, with the big 10 tournament over at the United center. So, um, it should be a fun time, uh, come out and support. It's a great bar again, over under bar, uh, 2723 North Halstead in, um, Chicago, in Lincoln park, Illinois at, uh, Halstead and diversity. Um, Thanks, everybody, for joining us. Um, you two have been awesome. Um, like I said, this isn't, a, this isn't a goodbye. It's a see you later. We've really enjoyed this team. I think they've given us a lot of content to talk about. Uh, if they were 20-0, it wouldn't be as fun. I think the fact that it's been such an up-and-down roller coaster season has, uh, has been good for us as well. So, uh, Brandon, um, thanks for joining. Billy, thanks for joining. Um, Champagne Room Hoops podcast. We will check in with you guys Friday. Uh, and then after that, hopefully some postseason fun and some postseason pods. Beyond the Big Ten is a network of podcasts that aims to be your go-to resource for all things Big Ten. 
We cover the entire conference with shows hosted by ex-players and athletic alumni, aiming to be your go-to source of information and entertainment for your favorite team. Hosted by ex-Big Ten players, media, and insiders, our podcasts are focused on giving diehard fans and those alums an inside scoop about the teams and people that make the Big Ten Conference one of the most watched and most talked about conferences in sports. We're excited to talk Big Ten basketball with you wherever you may be. Subscribe now.